We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. I want to invite you guys over to our premium site where you get in-depth content and access to us. We answer questions there for you and you get interaction with like-minded people. To find that site, go ahead and click details and scroll to the bottom, you'll see the link to our Patreon site. All right, friends, I'm going to start us off with a fan shout out from Mandy. She says, we are so grateful to have found this amazing podcast. Thank you for your vulnerability and knowledge to give us another source of hope and recovery. We just started our recovery journey for real this time about six months ago. It's no joke, the hardest thing we've ever done. Being in recovery helps us to focus on our own healing and spirituality rather than judging others on why they chose to stay in the relationship or not. We fully respect on what Ashlyn and Kobe's decision on their relationship. Listening to the podcast helps us to gain knowledge and insights as an additional tool to top the groups and therapy. Keep up the good work and look forward to every new episode. Thanks, Miss Mandy. And honestly, we really appreciate the feedback um, here on iTunes. And also we get little messages here and there. And we had someone reach out last week and say, hey, why aren't you on Spotify? Which (laughs) we should have been on a long time ago. But but it made us go, why aren't we on Spotify? So now we are on Spotify. Yeah, that's great. So enjoy. So thank you. Yeah. All right, let's dive right in. What if you're not attracted to your spouse anymore? That's uh, that's a problem. Um, and so let's talk about how that how that happens uh, first and foremost. You, you know, you, you get in a relationship and usually the, the butterflies are there and everything's happy and you're attracted and you want to spend every waking moment with each other and you can barely keep your hands off of each other and it's wonderful. And then all of a sudden... You know, you get married, you have a few kids, uh, sex addiction, betrayal, trauma starts setting in. And it's like, I have no desire to connect with that person. And and I don't have a desire to connect with them physically either. Um, so let's break down first how, how we get there, what happens. Um, do you guys want to speak to your experience? Yeah. I mean, I still remember... We were not in specialized therapy for sex addiction and betrayal, but we were in um, like a regular family therapist. And I didn't say much when we would go to those sessions, but I do remember the specific time when I said, I don't love Kobe anymore. I don't find him attractive. And it mm-hmm. broke my heart to really admit that. Because, and I know it broke his. As his wife, you should never feel that way. Right. Correct, and right. I was terrified to even admit that I felt this way, but I knew, I didn't know what I felt, right? I was super numb, but I knew that I didn't look at him the same as I used to. Right. That something was gone. Right. And it scared the crap out of me. It's interesting as you're saying this, because you're actually talking about one of the first steps to, to, to come back from it, which is to admit that that's where you're at. Um, I think a lot of people aren't really attracted to their spouse, to their partner, but they don't want to admit that because that reality is so hard. Yeah, it's scary. So they, they just pretend like they are and they they resent the other person. They are even revolted by the other person 
um, yet they stick in it and just smile and act like everything's okay. One of your first steps is to say, oh my gosh, like the reality is, is I don't want Kobe right now. I don't want to be close to him. I, I don't want to connect to him. I'm not in love with him. That's a hard reality. Yeah, it is. And and now looking back, I, I kind of like, okay, I can see why I was feeling those feelings, but it was scary. And I don't, I'm sure it was awful, awful to, for you to hear. But Ashlyn, will you, will you say why, why were you feeling those feelings? Like what did happen for you to say, you know, I don't want desire connection with you right now. Yeah. So this was the time I believe you were having an affair when this all happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know he was having an affair, but I had those all those gut feelings. So I would ask him in all the terrible ways that I betrayed hey, are you sure. having an affair, And I'm like, oh, no. Well, and it was more accusatory. Affair? What's that? <laughs> Never. Yeah. 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 So um, it was during that. Plus, we'd had previous, you know, 14 years of mess and mm-hmm. me feeling like this elephant in the room. We had several elephants in our room. Um, but it was his actions. He was pulling away. Yeah. And he was, you know... There were times when he, oh, well, you go out and you do fun stuff so I can be home and I'll watch the girls. But it was really him choosing, like, I want to act out. So can you leave? You know, right. can, I want to talk to my girl, whatever. So it was the actions that really just, I don't like who you are. And I would say that a lot. Like, who are you? You're not at all the person I married. Right. And he'd be like, you're crazy. Right. I'm the same person. You're the one that's crazy. You're the one that's different. So I felt crazy. <laughs> so, and, and really it's on a soul level. It's on, you know, love is about feeling. It's about connection. So Kobe might be saying all the right things still and acting like a committed, you know, husband. But his, if, if your sex addiction is, is raging and you're in denial and you're gaslighting her all the time and, 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 and really, although you're, you're showing up at home every day and whatever, you're isolated from her. Um, it makes perfect sense that your soul, Ashlyn, is saying, ugh, like I feel a disconnect and I feel pain and I I don't want to get close to him because it doesn't feel good. Yeah. I don't desire that right now. And the ironic thing is at this point, I really didn't know what betrayal trauma was. I didn't understand that his viewing pornography and his first emotional affair had affected me. Right. I just knew I didn't like it right. and that it made me feel bad. And so people listening to our podcast today, they know. Right. They know so much more than I did. Absolutely. And so it probably makes a lot more sense to them than where I was at. But um, I knew that his choosing those things made me feel super crappy. Right. And so my self-worth just went down the toilet and I thought, why would I want, to, like, I don't want to be with someone who doesn't even want to be with me. Right. And so it started to disconnect for me too. Right. Isn't it nice now though, that there is, is that knowledge and oh that education. Gosh. I mean, just like, like Omar Minwala's multidimensional trauma for the betrayed. I know, I know that that was a lot of words, but you know, you can go through his multidimensional trauma and what he breaks down is all of the ways in which somebody who's experienced betrayal trauma is traumatized. And, and, you know, you can read that and it's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I experienced that. And yep. I went through this and I went through that. And yeah, that's why I really feel crazy and disconnected and don't want to, 
don't want to be intimate with my spouse right now because I have all this, all these different forms of, of trauma going on. And now I'm not trying to feed a victim narrative at all. It's true. You, you experience that multidimensional trauma and your soul starts to say, Ugh, I don't want to be close to you anymore. Right. right? Um, so wait, but doesn't it, I mean, it can go both ways. Kobe, you haven't said anything. It does go both ways. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think what's important to identify, I, this is kind of like the re- repeating thought in my head, is that I, I think what's key to identify here is that that love and and attraction, allure, being drawn to your partner, is um, there's a, a wide range. Love is, lo- love is, um, is quite a range um, by, by way of emotions, and I think it can be defined. There are many things that define love. So in as much as you might not have been attracted to me. There's, I think love still existed because of the life that we had created in as much as maybe trust was entirely gone, which I know it was, um, based upon my actions and I own that. But then, but then also it's like there were moments where love manifested and those were probably painful moments where you would be like, wow, he's shown up and I really like that and I love him. But he's such a douche. Why well, is he like there, hurting? There's different types. There's different types of love. There's brotherly love. There's intimate love. And so, uh, on uh, you know, on one level, she could say, "I still love you." Yes. But on another level, it's like, "I love you, but I'm not attracted to you." Yes. Like intimately, I, real vulnerable connection. Like, no, thank you. Like emotionally, you're not safe, so I'm not emotionally drawn to you. Yeah. To be vulnerable, um, sexually, no way. Not even a <laughs> chance based upon what I'm seeing. And so I guess what I'm trying to point out here is, is that oftentimes my experience with, with addiction thrust me into this place of being all or nothing, including with my love, including with my, um, I guess my, my, um, my attraction as well to you, Ashlyn. And I want people to understand. So for instance, if you, if you're a partner who is, who's had their, um, if your partner who's been betrayed and and your partner has said, I'm not attracted to you or I don't love you, I don't think that that's the full truth because I don't think that love can be defined in an all or nothing statement like that because there are threads of love that are woven into every relationship. And um, although a lot of love can be hurt and damaged, there's still, there's still love there. So I don't think it's an all or nothing thing in as much as attraction might be or um, emotional safety might be. Well, and, and going along with that too, I think every relationship um, ebbs and flows with that where That's a good you point. feel more yes. in love with each other and, and less and you kind of go up and down. So except for my wife, she's 100% love toward me all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but no, it's, a no, it's a normal relationship to, to ebb and flow. The, the, the problem is the volatility of it. And when you throw mm, addiction really in, the, in the mix of it, you throw betrayal in there, then, then yeah, the you, you start to you start to ebb and flow a little bit, yeah, like further down in that in that level of wanting to attract. Where it's like I, I'm not only, you know, the the worst case scenario is apathy. It's not anger. Yeah. So it so so when a when a spouse is like I'm angry at you, I hate you, I'm sick of you, that's not that's not good. Um, but they still have some attraction there. They're fighting. Yeah, they're fighting. <laughs> there, there's. I, I'm rejecting. I'm rejecting what's happening. I don't like it, and I want you, and you're not giving me you. So I'm fighting for you, right? And I'm pissed. 
and I'm pissed off. But when you get down to, to levels of hopelessness and apathy, that's where a relationship really is in, in the danger zone. Um, so when couples get to that conflict, that anger place, it's okay. You can work through it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that apathy place is really hard to get out of. Right. So. I think there's, and, and I guess I bring this, that, this whole, what, is it, what does it really mean to, to, to fall out of love or to not be attracted to your partner? Again, such a wide range of love exists in so many different ways. I don't want someone to feel shame because they're thinking like, I'm super crappy partner because I don't love my spouse. Right. Because you probably love your spouse in very different ways and those might be buried underneath layers and layers of hurt. But with that being said, um, I knew that in, going back to your question a couple of minutes ago, Ashlyn, like it goes both ways. It totally, totally does. Okay. And what's important to remember on this is I'm going to share exactly what my thoughts were and where I was emotionally when I was in addict mode, when I was in douche mode. Right. So there was, um, my love for you, Ashlyn was, was always there. I think one of the great things about a relationship was when I saw you being the mother to our girls, I think that, that love and connection that we shared is really what, one of the things that kept me anchored without having a complete case of the FS and just marching down the road of destruction. Because when I would see you interact with our girls, I, that, that anchored my soul to you in as much as I was in total addict mode. And in the moment, I didn't recognize that. I just knew that I, that I saw pieces of, of you that I just loved. So for instance, when, when the girls would come home and you'd make a little snack and sit at the counter, and as much as I might be totally in my head with someone else or somewhere else, my heart would swell with love for you. And those are really meaningful moments that kept me there. So that's a super important piece of this. Now, what, so there, it's not just the love that, 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 in, that I felt for you as the mother to my girls, but there was also um, moments where I was like, I don't love you. And that's where the, I don't love you and I'm not attracted to you because that's when the addiction was really raging in me. And here's what's really interesting about this spot. Being the, being the betrayed is the only way that I could get to the place. Being the, being being, so, the addicted. What did I say, the betrayed? Excuse uh-huh. me, yeah. I'm sorry, a um, little dyslexia. But the only way that I could get to the place of acting out was to emotionally put distance between you and I. So I would use victim mode, feeling like I had been wronged, that you were mean or whatever the case is, as license and title to act out. And the only way that I could do that without really hurting myself within was by making myself the victim because of how you had hurt me. And, um, and then therefore, I'm trying to falsely erase love and attraction. And I wasn't consciously thinking that, but it was like, I need a way to act out. I'm not attracted to you. I don't, I don't love you. And therefore I'm going to go get what I need over here. All twisted sideways thinking. And it's obvious that there's enormous neural pathways that are leading to this behavior. It's a, it's, it's a little more complex than that. And you're, you're breaking it down well, but it's, 
so so this is the attachment disorder of, of sex addiction. Oh my gosh, right? yeah, totally, huh? Which is, you think about it, an addict gets into a relationship, we all desire love. So um, if you're struggling with a sex addiction, you can hide your sex addiction before you get in the relationship. You can be open about it. But when you get into that relationship, at first it feels good to have connection from somebody. Yeah. But then... But then the shame that the addiction is feeding is saying, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not yes, okay. Yes. You start to disconnect. Um, you or or, or, in, in, or I, I hold back. When, I say di- when you say disconnect, what that looked like for me. You Brandon, don't go all the way with, yes, I can, withhold, with trust, safety, intimacy. I, I get a little uncomfortable with intimacy. I get a little uncomfortable with, with um, being vulnerable. And is how I would articulate so, what my experience was. But but, but it's saying. such a it's such a self sabotaging thing where you you desperately desire connection and love, yet you're you're making sure that you don't get connection and, and love. And I'm anxious attachment is is what my original you know childhood attachment style is. Right. So that makes complete sense for me. So then, so as as the relationship progresses, um, your spouse becomes um, a reflection of your shame. Um, you're in this relationship now, and she's frustrated she's angry she's not loving you back she's disconnecting and so now she's she's not somebody that you look at and you say oh i love you i want to connect to you it's oh i i you make me feel bad about myself and then you take it a step further and he it's, used to say that oh my like, gosh. i could not look you in the eyes yeah i can't be vulnerable totally. so then you take it a step further and you say you make me feel bad about myself why do you do that to me? Now I'm a victim of you. So I need to I need to create some dance space. I need to separate myself from you because I feel horrible when I'm with you. Exactly. And I, I need to Hence feel the, the attachment style. I'm going to detach. I'm going to detach from you. And I want to feel some power. I want to feel some control. Mm. And what do you know? Like I can go masturbate. I can look at porn. I can have affairs. And I have control there. And you know what I'm getting? I'm getting a sense of somebody wanting me, even if it's fake. Um, y- you know, if if you go to pornography, in reality, it's fake. You're right. But in my head, oh, it's real. Oh, because that's the neural pathway that has been developed over decades. Right. Ashlyn's at home, sad and frustrated because you're not showing up in a in a place where she can connect to you. And so she's reflecting back to you that, hey, as a husband, you suck. Yeah. And then, so you're like, well, you know what? When I hang out with my mistress or when I look at this woman in the pornography, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like I'm, I'm not good enough there, right? And so... Totally. And, but, but then the cycle goes on and on because then you feel horrible as a husband because you're having affairs and acting out with pornography. So you want to disconnect even further. It, you love it when she, when she attacks and persecutes and because now you can resent even more, disconnect even further. Act out even more. Act out even more. And then on top of it, um, as you're acting out with pornography, I love Fight the New Drugs um, logo or motto or whatever, porn kills love. Mm-hmm. Because as you act out with pornography, not only are you getting this fake sense of connection, kind of soothing yourself with that because you're not getting love at home. Yeah. Um, you're, you're you're looking at things and watching things that really are not reality, and so your tolerance builds up. Your brain, your dopamine hit. You need more and more of a hit, and so. When you go home to your wife, it's like, well, that's kind of boring. Like, I, you know, <laughs> pornography shows me that it could be this way or that way. Yeah. And so it's like, I really don't, like, 
I, I don't want to put in the, the time and effort to be vulnerable with you and work on this relationship so we can have a good intimate relationship because really that's boring. Dude, that, just to be super clear though, <laughs> that last sentence that you, not that is boring, but the sentence before that never crossed my mind. I don't want to put the time in, the work in, whatever like that. It's just like that even that that didn't even cross my mind. That was just like this sucks. I want this. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was that simple to you, right? Yeah. Oh, it was like, very. Clear. I'm not gonna sit here with Ashlyn and and like work through this hard stuff and create actual connection and because you know what, I can I can get what I need a lot easier mm-hmm. without putting in the hard work. Yeah, right. And I, and I think that 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 context which you just shared as far as understanding what I need to do in order to create connection to get out of my attachment style is some of the things that we'll talk and address in, in Patreon because that's the, that's the part of the, the podcast deep dive that was critical for me in reversing this whole train of thought. All of this is just totally foobar. But, but again, this is what you just heard Brandon describe and it was this legit for me. Like, I don't care that we're, I mean, I care where you guys are listening. I care that we're podcasting, but this was listening to what you just articulated as far as the layers of attachment style and addiction totally defined in my head what happened yeah. for me, my yeah. experience. And, and, and that was super enlightening for me and it helped me connect a lot of dots just now, Brandon, listening to you so, describe that. So, so we were talking to you, Ashlyn, about kind of your, your process of disconnection and falling out of love. And then talking to you, Kobe, and you can see it when you put those two things together, um, you know, Ashlyn's falling further and further into apathy, hopelessness. I really don't like that. You guys, you guys had something that um, was important that, that really saved you guys. And, um, and, and, and in Patreon, in the deep dive, we can, we can walk through the steps of reconnection again. But, but something that you had was was a desire to heal and a willingness to do some hard things. And so you, you got down to this horrible place together um, and, and you didn't know why you were there. You just were there. Yeah. And your marriage was miserable, right? Um, it was hard. I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time, to be honest with you, Brandon, like, or Ashlyn, like thinking about where we were, but like I'm, I am now, like in this moment and just thinking like, how did we survive, Ashlyn? Because there were some super dark, hard mm-hmm. moments. We just separated. I mean, we you worked a lot, you traveled, mm-hmm. and I put my efforts into motherhood. So, well, I think that's, that's a, really what that's we a did. good that's a good point. Is you know you don't not, not all couples heal, um, but they survive, and so they and they suffer. Um, they get to these places and. They realize that the the love is not there, and they just they're tough and they endure and they suffer. And um, to me, I we have one life to live, and that's not what I would choose to do. And you guys did that for a while. You suffered through. You just stayed together. You battled through. This must be as good as it gets. That's right. that was my head. Totally right. But now you're thriving. Now something's different. You're 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 working through hard things. You're connecting. There's a deeper level of trust and intimacy. Yeah. Um, and so you got out of that kind of survival place, that suffering place, to something even more, mm-hmm. right? So 
and, and that that comes back to what I was saying. You guys had the the willingness to to keep pushing further to get what you actually want in your relationship, and you're still doing it, right? Yeah, we still work hard to to be where we're at, and you know it's interesting because there wasn't a time where I was like if we could just have this, then it would be great. Like what we have today, I didn't imagine. Right. It's just happened. And we're not perfect. We still have lots of setbacks and things that happen, but we have tools and knowledge now that helps us get through it a lot quicker. So um, I, yeah, I fell out of love, fell out of attraction, whatever you want to call it, and fell right back into it. I, I went to this conference uh, a couple months ago, and I they, they had this uh, session on relationships, and I was like, I'm not going to that one because I talk about relationships all day, and I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> and uh, I went to another one, and it wasn't very good, and so I, I just hopped into the, the one next door to it, and it happened to be the one on relationships. And, uh, and I was sitting there, and it was awesome, and... One thing that the woman said that was giving the presentation, it was really interesting. She said, you 100% have the ability to completely change your relationship without the other person changing at all. And and it hit me because it, what I do. Right. You know, That's like most of what you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, working with betrayal trauma, it's it's easy, really easy to sit back on that that addict needs to change so you can be happy. Um, but I hear victim from the addict all the time. If totally. she would change, if she would love me again, if she'd forgive me, if she this, if she that, then we could be happy. And um, if, if you want to reconnect, if you want to create love again, then you can work on you to, create, to, to resonate in that love so that your partner is much more likely to want to connect to you. Um, you can work on you to love yourself, to be boundaried, to... To, to know who you are so that you are attractive, right? And and so that you can attract those good things into your life. Um, so a willingness, but also a humility to self-reflect and and, oh, and work yes. on yourself. <laughs> That's is, the hard part, I think, right, really. I right. mean, once we started doing the, that stuff, and we still do, it's hard to own your stuff. Right, right. Especially when you've been pointing fingers for decades. right. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to sit back and say, okay, if I want to be attracted to my spouse again, then she better change, right? But what about if I want to be attracted to my, my spouse again and I want to create love, then I need to figure out how to create love in my relationship and in my marriage. I'm not going to wait for the other person to do it, right? So, Ash, thoughts of uh, any last thoughts of hope that you would give to those who've been betrayed, no matter if it's uh, well, man this, or woman. The simple of it, I think, of this topic is we fell in love based on our actions. We base, we judge people based on their actions, right? And we fell in love and we're attracted to each other. We fell out of love based on our actions. We weren't treating each other well. We weren't treating ourselves well. We fell back into love based on our actions. But, but I want to <laughs> clarify something with that because so so... Um, you can you can do things to try to to make things better, and doing things is good. Um, so you can go to therapy for a little while. You can, but if you don't do things consistently, then a shift isn't going to happen. And so you do those things consistently, and then you start to actually change a little bit who you are. 
For sure. You start to change your personality, the way you show up. And when you do that, and both people do that, then then you'll find there's there's healing, and you can move forward. So it is about what you do, but it's about what you do consistently that's going to change. It's it's not so much about what you do; it's about what you be in the relationship. And if if you do things consistently, coming from the right place, you're going to change who you're being in the relationship, and that's going to change whether or not you're attracted to your spouse or not. For sure. I always say I found myself when I was what, 34 years old, you know, it took me a long time to figure out who that guy am and to find love again. You're both, you're both being something completely different in the relationship than when you guys were so disconnected. All right. Guys, thanks for being here. Appreciate your uh, listening. If you've heard anything about this that you really liked, share this, um, share this because there's no telling the good that this could do for the person who is really in a dark and, and struggling place. And I'd uh, love to have you guys hop over and rate and review the episode on iTunes. Thanks for being here, guys. See, See you, you guys. on Patreon.